What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show for you this weekend. Recap games two and three of the World Series between the Rays and the Dodgers. Recap the Thursday night game between the Giants and the Eagles. Preview a couple of games in week seven. And we got some news in the NBA as far as coaching hires are concerned and Rumors of when the next 2020-2021 season will begin here on this episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast. But where we begin, before we get to the football and get on to other things, we begin uh, with Major League Baseball, games two and three of the 2020 Fall Classic between the Tampa Bay Rays and the L.A. Dodgers. Um, Let's start with game two, which was played uh, the the night after I last chatted with you all on Wednesday. Uh, raised to, and I said that, and I heading into uh, heading into Wednesday, I told you guys that this was a game that the Rays had to win in order to uh, keep the series interesting, provided with plenty of juice, and to get a, and to kind of uh, kill the Dodgers' momentum. Because uh, because if they were to win on Wednesday and go up 2-0, they won last night. But the Dodgers won last night. We'll get to that uh, in a few minutes. But they would have if the Rays would have lost on Wednesday, would have been 2-0 heading into that off day Thursday, and the Dodgers would have had plenty of momentum. And tonight possibly could have been the Rays coup de gras as far as getting swept is concerned had they lost Wednesday. And I told you guys on Wednesday that this was a game that the that the Rays had to win to keep their to keep their postseason hopes or excuse me their championship hopes alive. They needed they needed to take advantage of the fact that the Dodgers threw Tony Gossolin, whatever his name is, Adam. They needed to take advantage of that. Uh, Snell did not go as deep as as you'd want him to, even though he struck out nine batters. He uh, even though he struck out nine batters, only gave up two hits and two runs. He walked the ballpark, which is why he only went four and two thirds and didn't qualify for the win. Um, but the but the Rays offense got to the young pitcher of the Dodgers, which is something that they needed to do. They got to they put up two runs in the fourth, two runs in the fifth, and a run in the sixth, and that was enough to bring home the goods. And they scored a run to begin the game in the first inning. So and they took six four, and that was a good win for the Rays, and they absolutely needed that to to basically get the you know to basically. You know, calm down the Dodgers and, and 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 you know basically calm down the Dodgers and and quote unquote put the Dodgers in their place. You know they were filling themselves, they were flying on cloud nine. They basically you know had the mindset finally this is our year. We can do no wrong. We're cruising. We're running on a ton of momentum. You know coming back down three one, showing some fight against the Braves. We took game one of the series. We punched the Rays in the, in the proverbial mouth, so to speak. This was a game, game two that the Rays absolutely had to win for their psyche and to keep the and to uh, and to put a little bit more and to put a not a lot of pressure, but to but to remind the Dodgers, hey, you know, you all still have a job to do, and if you think we're going to lie down and die and just hang you this championship, y'all got another thing coming, which is what which is what the Rays did by capturing Game Two six four on Wednesday night. Last night, Game Three on Friday night. Dodgers going Walker Bueller going up against um Charlie Morton. Walker Bueller had the better uh had the better night last night as the Dodgers won six to two. Dodgers put up a run in the first, two runs in the fourth, a run in the sixth. As far as their scoring is concerned on ten hits. Walker Bueller reached your stat line right quick when six innings gave up three hits, one run. Walked uh, one batter and struck out ten. A phenomenal job by him. The Dodgers, the Dodgers uh, hitting their Dodgers lineup got to Charlie Morton early. He only made it through a, a four, four, uh, excuse me, four innings and a third. Uh, they got to Charlie Morton, like I said, in the in the first 
in the first, second, fourth, and sixth inning. They had uh, they had innings three and four where they put up two run where they put up four runs combined two in each inning. Mookie Betts had a hell of a night, and if Mookie Betts keeps this up and the Dodgers win, he's going to win World Series MVP, folks. I mean, this guy here, and you can tell that this this is the player that the Dodgers have been missing all these years throughout their run. You know, the Dodgers, they're, you know, in the past, they're, they're a good foot, they're a good football team. They're a good baseball team, but the Dodgers needed that, that superstar that by himself can take over, can take over a game. You know, Kershaw isn't that, Justin Turner isn't that, Seager isn't that, Bellinger, Bellinger in the past, you know, up to the up till 2020 and postseasons past for Cody Bellinger, he's lied down and died as far as his offensive production is concerned. Strikes out a bunch of times and and hits and prior to this postseason hit has hit below 200, I believe, career lifetime heading into the 2020 uh, postseason. So you so so you count him out. The Dodgers needed needed that extra piece, that little that 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 little wild card that was going to give him some oomph, that was going to give him a little bit more, I guess, flavor, so so to so to speak. You know, someone that was going to going to provide them a little bit extra flair and a little bit extra finesse that had that had that championship experience that knew that knows what it takes to win that can take over a game by himself you know baseball baseball even though it's a collective effort of all the guys that are up and down the lineup you know even in baseball which is one of the most uh team one of the most team sports out of all the team sports you know the even even in a sport like baseball you need that one guy that has that ability to you know when the when the lights shine bright and when it's the big stage for him to take over the game and Mookie Betts certainly has done that so far in this World Series last night he hit 2 for 5 had an RBI who had an RBI in the game this man steals this man steals more bases you can shake a stick at he stole two bases last night um, I could read you his World Series stats if you wish here in this series in this series he has hit he has hit. Um, let's see. He hit uh, postseason this season. He's hit. Let me see if I can get this fully for y'all. Postseason batting average for the Red Sox. He's a he's a uh, he's a three sixteen hitter with uh, with seven with seven RBIs, uh, eighteen hits, a home run. Um, and has stolen. Can we get the stolen base that he's had? And has stolen six bases. So you can already tell that Mookie Betts has made his mark. Uh, has made his mark with the with the uh, with the Dodgers here in this postseason. When I get you his uh, World Series stats, I will. Um, but Mookie Betts just has such a uh, such a uh, such a knack. For showing up, you know, and he and lifetime he's he's like a two sixty hitter, but but uh but but for the but for the Dodgers it's just been a totally different totally different story. I mean this guy and you can tell this is the guy that that the uh, that the Dodgers needed in order for them to and I know they haven't gotten over the hump yet, but I mean if they win if they win the whole thing within the next couple of days, you know, next time I talk to you guys it'll be you know will be Wednesday. By that time the by that time the World Series uh I think game seven, if we have a game seven, will be on Wednesday. But um but if it but if it ends in six, the next time I talk to you guys we could be talking about how the how the Dodgers won the whole thing. And if we and if that ends up being the case, Mookie Betts will be a prime reason why. I mean, this guy. I mean, this guy. St- this guy is literally involved on every play, making tremendous catches in the outfield, getting on base, stealing bases. I mean, I mean, this guy is all over the place. He get he gets on base. I mean, I was I was talking to my grandmother what on uh, Wednesday night. And now I even know they lost Wednesday night, and he was like, and she, you know, she loves Mookie Betts, and she was as this is an Orioles fan's thing. She loves Mookie Betts, and she was telling, and she was telling me, and I, and I, we were talking, and she said, I'm just waiting for Mookie Betts just to, just to hit that home run, and as soon as she, and as soon as she hangs up the phone, five minutes later, Mookie Betts comes up to the, comes up to the plate and hits a and hits a home run. I mean this this guy, I mean this guy does what. 
you know, he he does he does what he does what what you dream of when you trade for him when you pay them that lump sum of money that the Red Sox or it's the Red Sox that the uh, that the Dodgers paid him. But again, Game Three is or excuse me, Game Four is tonight. Is start, let me give you who who is starting Game Four tonight. Red Sox took took Game. Nor excuse me, uh, the Dodgers took Game uh, Three last night. Game four is tonight on the board tonight for the uh, for the pitching matchup. You get Julio Urias for the Dodgers and Ryan Yarbrough for Tampa. That game starts at 8 o'clock tonight on your local Fox station. Dodgers up 2-1. They win tonight. Obviously, they go up uh, they go up 3-1, looking uh, to looking to end the World Series. If they win tonight, they can uh, win the, they can clinch the championship tomorrow night on Sunday night. If the Rays win, ties it up at two two, and the World Series is wide open uh, from Sunday and then Tuesday and Wednesday if a potential Game Seven. Here's Mookie Betts's um, World Series stats so far uh, through three games. He's hit three thirty three. Um, he has stolen four bases, hit a home run, driven in two with, uh, with four hits in the, in the first, with a OPS over a thousand and a slugging percentage of 583 so far in the first three games. So that's, I wanted to make sure I gave you Mookie stats here in the world series, but that's where you stand as far as major league baseball is concerned with the, uh, with the world series. Game two belonged to uh, Tampa, of course, on Wednesday. Dodgers with with a phenomenal performance from Walker Bueller last night to game three. Dodgers up to one. Game uh, four is tonight. Game five is tomorrow night. Game six and seven is Tuesday and Wednesday. Be interesting to see how tonight goes. Dodgers throwing Urias. Uh, Tampa Bay throwing out Yarborough. Um, Dodgers is favored on the money line minus 158 if you care for the betting. Um, so, I mean, hey, I'll take, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, t- I'll take Tampa to win tonight to tie this thing up at 2-2. And then I think the Dodgers, uh, go, go home away winning Sunday night and then clinching, uh, and then clinching a championship on Tuesday. That's how I think the World Series to finish up. Coming back. I will get into the NFL and recap Giants and Eagles. This is the Amatelic TIS podcast. Don't don't go anywhere. Back after this. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. It's Drake's birthday today, so we'll be playing Drake's music coming out the breaks during today's program. Switching gears now to the National Football League, and that is a Thursday night game that was between the New York football giants and the Philadelphia Eagles. Um, first of all, this division stinks. You know, the, the winner of this division is going to win is going to win seven, eight games, maybe maybe even six. This division so bad, and the Eagles won this game by the hair, the chinny chin chin. Um, it's twenty two to twenty one, and they won this game because Carson Wentz is is the type of quarterback that stinks up the joint for the first two and a half quarters. He's like Eli, and then fourth quarter comes around and he and he turns on a light, and then all of a sudden he starts playing like an all pro. Carson Wentz twenty five forty three three hundred fifty nine passing yards, two touchdowns and an interception. Um, he didn't have uh. And then of course, uh, and then of course, receiving. You know, he Richard Rodgers, Travis Fungalum, and these <laughs> these this receiving corps for the Eagles is is, is garbage. But not, nevertheless, they took care of business against the Giants. Daniel Jones did all he could: twenty or thirty, one hundred eighty-seven yards passing, two touchdowns. 
Ran for 92 yards, four four carries on the ground. Would have ran for a would have ran for a touchdown. Had an 80 yard run that would have been for a touch that would have been for a touchdown in that game if he had uh, essentially the turf monster or he had tripped himself. Whatever it is, you know, it's, it's funny watching it. But and and they scored on and they scored later that drive. So it's not so it's it's not as big as a deal as it would have been. But um, but this but it was it was a funny run, you know. Daniel Jones running the fastest he's probably ever has in his life, and probably will ever will. I think he topped out at like twenty one something miles an hour, and I think he has, and I think he's beaten Tyree Kill as the fastest run of the year by like by like a, a a tenth of a miles an hour or something like or something crazy like that. So and it was eighty yards, uh, eighty yard run. That should have been uh, that should have been for longer, had not he uh, whether it's the turf monster he tripped. And the problem was is that he, if you watch it, Daniel Jones essentially he's looking back expecting someone. The guy, there's no one. He if he would have kept going, he would have scored, and it would have been like the highlight of Daniel Jones's young career so far. I mean. No one was no one was even in the vicinity of catching Daniel Jones, and I think what it was that he expected someone to get him from behind. So I guess he intentionally like slowed down his speed or like let his guard down to like be prepared to take the tackle or to take the hit, whatever it was. And because there was no one near him, he he essentially chipped himself up and essentially, I guess you can sort of say it, he tackled himself. So I mean that's like your little goofy highlight of the night you got on Thursday night, um, and so and then you know rushing game was not was not a factor for either two teams. Evan Ingram stinks. I mean he dropped. I mean he dropped the pass late in the fourth quarter where if he hauls that ball in, we're not even having a discussion with the Eagles coming back. Uh, coming back in the fourth quarter, the game's over right then and there. You know, Ingram stinks, dropped it, dropping every pass on the man. I mean, this man dropped. I mean, this man couldn't catch coronavirus if if you threw it at him, he couldn't catch it. Um, but they, I mean, the Giants just stink. I mean, I don't know what else to tell you. They're one and they're what? Uh, hopefully, I get this right. I I don't have my glasses in front of me. They're one and six. Total, they're one and six on the season. Zero oh, and four. They have not won a game away from MetLife. Eagles, uh, Eagles improved to two and four on the season. Uh, it's, it was just, it was a competitive football game, but it was, uh, it was, it was not a, uh, it was not a uh, clean, well played uh, football game. You know, when you when you think back when the season's over, right before the Super Bowl, of what were the best games of the 2020 NFL season? That game's not going to be on it because they, it was competitive, but that was a sloppy, sloppy, piss-poor football game as far as quality of play is concerned. Eagles improved to 2-4-1 and one on the season. Um, what a 357 winning percentage is good enough to be in first place against the 2-4 and four Cowboys by a game. Which is uh, which you can you know playing for the tie all of a sudden looks looks good can you know with because the, because the, the the yeah words because the Eagles and the Cowboys are even in the win loss column but that tie they got against my Bengals back in the in late September early October I think is what it was it it's crazy how October is nearly over I mean all I mean we're nearly halfway through the season it seems like the season is just flowing by um but it but that tie all of a sudden looks pretty good as far as the standings are concerned with winning percentage because they have a 357 compared to the Cowboys street 3333 and both of those teams are even in the win-loss column with two wins and four losses on the season. Washington, 1-5, one 167 win percentage, and the Giants are uh, in the Giants, 1-6-1 one one in last place with a 143 winning percentage. That NFC stinks, you know, but... That's that's Dallas and uh, not Dallas, but that's the Giants and the Eagles for you. I don't know what more you want me to say. Carson Wentz is a quarterback that looks like absolutely complete garbage 
for three quarters and then all of a sudden pulls a rabbit out of a hat and whether it's his ego, whether it's his, some attitude, whatever it is, he basically takes on a personality like I am not I am not going to lose. I'm going to do everything I can regardless regardless whatever being thrown at me. I'm going to do whatever I can to will my team to victory. And when you're playing trash teams like the Cowboys, the Giants, Washington or you know, any any or or a Forty Nine er team that was injured to hell and back a couple a couple Sunday nights ago, he's gonna do his best and he's gonna essentially bring his team up out of the ground and single handedly, woefully bring his team home to win to win football games. And that's why, if you ask me who were, who were to win this this crapshoot of a division, I'd take the Eagles because because when because when the tough gets going nine times out of ten. Carson once by himself will bring his team home. Not to mention, I don't trust Andy Dalton. That I killed the Cowboys on Wednesday. Players already quitting on the season, uh, throwing the coaches underneath the bus. The defense is absolutely abysmal. Washington stinks. There's nothing else there. And then the Giants are a team that's been outside of a uh, outside of a fluky playoff appearance in 2016. I think it was haven't haven't essentially done anything since that 2011 Super Bowl. And it's going on 10 years since they since they won that championship. Believe it or not. But there you go with the, with the Thursday night game. I'll get to the more important football as far as Week Seven is concerned. Right after this, don't go anywhere. Back with the Amatelicatarius podcast. Right after this. That's a classic right there. <laughs> y'all remember? Y'all, y'all part of my generation. Listen to this. Y'all remember the memes and just the how this song like just took off. The I mean the memes, the Super Bowl commercial. Right, but right before, uh, right before Donald Trump announced he was running for president. He starred in an SNL skit with this, and I mean it's a, and this and this is you know and I you know I can't stand Donald Trump as far as I can throw him, but I gotta admit that skit that he did on SNL about the hot with Highline Bling was one of the funniest SNL skits I've ever seen. This man, of course, you've seen the videos of now of him at his rallies and how he can't dance worth it worth a crap. Well, go YouTube that. When he's got those, he's got these goofy pair of glasses on, and this man's literally like, "You used to call me on the cell phone." I mean, it's one of the funniest skits. But I just remember the memes, and then I think they did a, uh, I think they did a either a Sprint or a T-Mobile commercial, Super Bowl Fifty, of course, uh, Bear Bears. Uh, the Broncos and Panthers. I gotta watch that commercial, but they did a Super Bowl commercial. Uh, this is it's just it's a classic song. It's just a classic song as we play that to uh, to pay a little tribute to Drake on his birthday today. The switching gears now to the good football of Week Seven of the National Football League, and that is um, game number one and the best game in one o'clock window is Steelers and Titans. The best, uh, boy. The N- boy does the NFL just, uh, you know, we we cannot have an undefeated team in the National Football League for anything. I mean, the, I mean, one of these two teams is going to walk away from this game uh, with a loss, and uh, both of these teams five and zero on the season. Uh, this was a matchup that was supposed to be, of course, a couple weeks back that had to get pushed back because of the Titans' whole COVID scenario. So, uh, so we finally will get this matchup one o'clock in Tennessee on CBS. Um, both teams, of course, coming off of good victories. Um, Tennessee, of course, had the comeback victory against Houston at home 
uh, winning in overtime where Derrick Henry absolutely, Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill for that matter absolutely just put on an absolute show. Derrick Henry running, running wild like he has for the last couple of seasons. Ryan Tannehill proving that his season, his 20, 2019 season wasn't a fluke and just. I give Ryan Tannehill a ton of credit. I mean, this man has absolutely proved all the doubters and the haters and the naysayers wrong. I mean, he's just put on a spectacular 2020-season campaign already. And and if not his teammate be Derrick Henry, he would be a dark horse for, for 2020 NFL MVP. I mean, this man has just... Both of these guys have just absolutely just put on a show. Uh, they've won the Titans have won six straight regular season games in a row. Longest active streak, of course, with the Chiefs losing to the Raiders a couple weeks ago. Longest active winning streak in the regular season in the National Football League. Uh, and the but it's going to be a very interesting matchup because that Steelers defense absolutely ate up, ate up the Cleveland Browns rushing attack. Cleveland, honestly, is but besides Tennessee, Cleveland has one of the best. Uh, potent rushing attacks in the National Football League next to Tennessee. And we saw what the Steelers did to the Browns running game last Sunday as they absolutely just ran roughshod all over them in a 38-7 victory over their division rival Cleveland. be interesting to see how Pittsburgh, how that Pittsburgh defensive front, uh, how they handled Derrick Henry in the game. Do I expect Derrick Henry to rush for over 200 yards like he did last week? Hell no. But but do I but what I do expect is for Steelers to find a way to stop Derrick Henry. And then on the Tennessee side, I also expect Tennessee to adjust to what the Steelers defense gives them and to utilize Derrick Henry as best they absolutely can in order for them to, in order for Tennessee to win this game. Because in order for Tennessee to win this game, Derrick Henry's gotta be involved. He's gotta be involved. In order for Tennessee, in order for Tennessee to expect to win this game, Steelers, it's going to be a little difficult because the Steelers have not allowed a hundred-yard rusher. They've only allowed it once since 2019. That's tied second fewest in the National Football League. So again, Tennessee, that Tennessee offensive line, Derrick Henry, they have their work cut out for them. But I think that, but I think that they are up to the task, and I think. And I think, and then we'll see because these two teams are going to match up head to head. But in my honest opinion, I think Tennessee is a much better football team than Pittsburgh is. I think Tennessee has a has a better rushing attack than Pittsburgh does. I think that they're more grittier. Uh, they are they're more grittier of a bunch. Uh, you can also make the argument that these two teams are are even matched. You know, they don't have that wide receiver that absolutely blows you away. They can run the football. Tennessee, of course, a lot better than Pittsburgh does. Both teams have have uh, defenses that can that can shut you down, uh, can shut you down at any point, any time, and at all costs. Um, they both have they both have coaches that are tough, gritty, fight tooth and nail that are that you know that that know how to how to uh, lead their teams to victory and and what they call in the NFL winning ugly and Tomlin and Vrabel both of it, two very good head coaches in the National Football League um of course you know of course career lifetime you take Roethlisberger over Tannehill but in this season you know they're pretty much they, they you know one no quarterback blows out the other it's going to be a very interesting matchup, you know. And these teams, of course, if the season ended today, Tennessee would have the best record in the AFC and would get that. And would get that. Uh, of course, now with the expanded play, with the added seventh seed, only the one seed now gets the bye. Which again, I had no problems with the playoff format the way it was. Have the six seeds, the first two teams get a bye. Of course, you know, no one's going to hate extra football on wild card weekend, but I think that the playoff format, there's nothing wrong with the way it was. So why, why, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. The NFL does what it wants to do, of course, which, you know, me as a fan can't exact, you know, can't change that. But if season were to end today, Tennessee would have that number one seed in the AFC locked up. And would get that, uh, and would get that first round bye to divisional weekend. Pittsburgh, of course, at five and zero. Of course, one season is going to be a very intriguing, phenomenal football game. I will pick that game coming up in our pick segment later in the show. Game number two that is on my docket for week seven is the 49ers and the New England Patriots at 
49ers, of course, have uh, stumbled and bumbled their way to a 3-3 record, took care of business against the Rams, of course, last Sunday night. Jimmy Garoppolo returning to New England for the first time since New England let him go. Of course, rumors of Jimmy Garoppolo was Belichick's guy when the when the moment eventually, and it has came, or excuse me, and has come, and, uh, and, and Bill Belichick anticipated it, which is why he wanted Garoppolo. Uh, uh, Brady essentially used his boss drive craft against them to basically get rid of Garoppolo for, uh, you know, because Brady thought he was going to be here until the end. Turns out he wasn't. Brady left. Cam Newton was available. And that's where you are here in the 2020 NFL season. But Garoppolo returning to New England, the team that let him go. Um, of course, you have the New England Patriots. Coming in at two and three, you know they've only been uh, under five hundred uh, one time in the last nineteen twenty years, and that was in two thousand and one, I believe, the year that they ended up winning the Super Bowl, two and three, and not in first place, which is hard with a record worse than the Miami Dolphins, which is hard to believe, um, which which is which is very hard to believe considering all the you know the winning success that this franchise has had. The last, uh, the last uh, nineteen years, twenty ni- last nineteen years, twenty seasons. It, it really, it really is remarkable. But this game, four twenty-five CBS, Romo and Nance, of course, will be there for you. I would imagine so. Forty Niners looking, uh, you know, they have a hard schedule. Like I lamented a, cu- a few episodes back, they have a hard schedule, so they need to. You know the idea of them going thirteen and three. Of course, that ship has us. Uh, you know, locking up the number one seed like they did uh, last year. I think that ship has sailed. Forty Niners are now focused on just doing what they can, winning one game at a time, and uh, and and simply, essentially, making it into the playoffs as a uh, as a wild card team. Because Seattle by far is the best team in the division. It's not even close. It, 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 Arizona, it's Seattle's the best team in this division. It's not even. They got they bet they got the best player. Russell Wilson's better than golf. Duh, he's better than Garoppolo and he's better than Kyler Murray. So the Seahawks are gonna win this division. And it's a very it's the best division in all of football. But Seattle's gonna win this division simply because they got the best player. And you know, and when then when Nick Bosa's out. When Nick Bosa's out, and I I know about Aaron Donald, but Aaron Donald he you know he doesn't play the most he doesn't play the most uh, important valuable position in the sport. Russell Wilson does, and Russell Wilson can take over a game by himself in ways that Aaron Donald can't take over can't take over a game for the Rams. So the so the, the, I think winning the division and rocking up the top two season in the in the NFC is out of the question. 49ers is just trying to uh, make it through the season as best they can, win one game at a time, take it week by week, and you know, pray to God that no one else gets injured on their team. Kittle, Garoppolo, just pray to God no one else of of valuable importance on their team gets injured. Make it into the playoffs as a wild card team and see what happens from there. Patriots, on the other hand, are looking at this game at to get on track back to 500 at three and three. They have not played well the last couple of games. They lost to Denver a game that they shouldn't have lost, forcing Denver to kick a bunch of field goals. But uh, but you know you, if you can kind of give them a pass because they didn't have a whole lot of whole hell of a lot of practice time, but they got practice time. They've had plenty of ample time. No COVID, none of this COVID shutdown nonsense. So it's all systems go. No excuse for Bill Belichick and company going up against the Forty ers on Sunday afternoon. That's going to be a very interesting football game. Both of these teams need to win this game or to keep their season and keep their playoff hopes alive for uh down the road into it down the road uh later this season so this game has a significant importance for the future for the 2020 uh future for the 49ers and the new england Patriots. because the 49ers when they fall to three and four and their schedule doesn't get any easier for the rest of the season meanwhile the patriots you know, if the, if the Dolphins play, I mean, the Dolphins and the Patriots could be sitting there looking at third place, you know, looking looking above and seeing the Buffalo Bills and, and the Miami Dolphins finish above. We all know the Dolphins aren't going to make the playoffs, but, you know, the pressure would be on for the Patriots 
two and four. You know, that team is kind of uh, is kind of yeah. While the Patriots add Antonio Brown, which is which is the perfect segue into this because I forgot to put it in my show notes. Uh, but it's a, but it's a it just shows you how much of a, a genius your uh, your podcast your uh, podcaster is for uh, segueing into into the Antonio Brown one year deal with Tampa. Uh, the uh, ta- his suspension is over after week eight. Buccaneers have a bye within the next couple of weeks. Um, I, I think I believe they have a bye after this Raider game, which got pushed to four o'clock because the Raiders had a COVID scare with their offensive lineman, and the NFL didn't want to take a chance of basically not have not NBC not having a game going up against Game Five of the World Series, which would be on Fox on Sunday night. So they moved the Cardinals and the and the and the Seahawks, which is going, which is going to be a very good, entertaining football game. On Sunday night, so they moved that game to Sunday night. They put that game to four o'clock and gave it to Fox. So that's your story with that. But but um, that's not a hand nor there. Uh, Tampa adds Antonio Brown on Friday night, one year deal. BC, you know Antonio Brown. Uh, you know my sister follows him on Instagram. I don't, and what she tells me is that Antonio is essentially, you know, carried on his physical training acumen like business as usual. He hasn't skipped a step as far as staying in shape and and staying ready. So it won't be so him being out of shape won't be the question. The question is, will he gel and will he sink with the you know he you know he played what a game or two with Brady in September with them as member of the Patriots and then he screwed up of course his uh, his Antonio Brown screw ups and he got cut from the team. So we'll be it'll be interesting to see if Brady and Antonio Brown will be able to uh to strike to strike lightning in a bottle twice. Will he be able to strike lightning in a bottle and get along with Gronk because Gronk is also Brady's boy as well and and gel with his teammates and Arians and just the, it'll be interesting to see will Antonio Brown be the Antonio Brown of the past as far as not being a good teammate and being a locker room cancer and things of that nature will be or will he be the Antonio Brown that will be the changed man not be a locker room distraction won't be a team cancer won't be a me diva guy that will essentially fly under the radar and just let his play do the talking won't cause a huge distraction on social media will essentially be a guy that will be so humbled by the fact that when it looked like his NFL career would be over, that another team would give him a chance, and and will he just be quiet, show up to work every day, and and do it, and as his old boss Belichick would say, just do your job, and uh, and just ride Brady's coattails, and hoping that he can get you uh, can get you a ring. Uh, and that you know that'll be that'll be very interesting to see. Does this make the does this make Tampa Bay the favorite in the NFC? No, but I'm open to change. But I'm open to having my mind change right now. I'll, I, again, I won't change my Saints pick, but I feel more confident that a t- that Green Bay could go to the Super Bowl. Than I would, um, than I would Tampa. Even though Green Bay got the got the brakes beaten off by Tampa, I just feel more confident that Green Bay could uh, could get to the Super Bowl than Tampa because, you know, because Brady, you know, the man is old, and you know Gronk isn't, and Gronk of isn't what he is, and Mike Evans has injury issues, and the team's undisciplined, and and you know with the penalties, and it's a uh, so I'm open to having my mind changed, but I, but if you would ask me right then, right here on the spot, does this change anything as far as um, Super Bowl aspirations are concerned for Tampa? I say no, but I but I reserve the right to 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 change my mind. I I have to see. I have to see if Antonio Brown will gel with his teammates. I have to see if he will be a good teammate. I have to see if he will gel well within that. Um, Within that offense, I have to see if he will, you know, if he will, um, if he will, if he will act accordingly and see if he will handle 
the fact that he won't be, you know, he won't be the only target because Brady's boy from New England, Gronk, is there. You know, he and Gronk weren't, you know, Gronk was retired when, 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 uh, when the Patriots signed Brown back in September of last year. You know, Gronk was retired, you know, doing WWE and, you know, farting around with, uh, with, uh, you know, with Fox Sports, and you know, so he he was out of football when he when he had his short cup of coffee with the Patriots. So it'll be interesting to see if he and Gronk too. Now Gronk isn't a, now Gronk isn't like that, but Gronk is a dynamic personality and is Brady's buddy. And it'll be, and it'll be interesting to see if he can if he can uh, you know handle the handle the handle not handle but share the spotlight with Gronk and. Of course, and of course, their their star running back that they have, not Lynn Fournette, the other guy, and of course Mike Evans. And it'll just you know it'll be interesting to see will it be too many personalities in one locker room? But it remains to be seen. It remains to be seen. Having get off of that, get back on to the get back on to the you know the discussion at hand. Uh, his his uh, switching from the 49ers and the Patriots to AB joining the Bucks. We talk about the Bucks in their game against the Raiders. I think the I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. The Raiders have proved me a little something, but I I don't think they can be consistent. You know they knocked off Kansas City, which was which was an impressive impressive victory. And uh, but if if uh, Las Vegas wants to prove to me that they're for real. You know what you do? You go back. You go out there and you beat Tom and you beat the great Tom Brady in your own building. And if you can do that, then I can take the Raiders for real. I am beating Kansas City is beating Kansas City. You know it holds weight to it, but then at but then at the same time, you know Kansas City was bound to lose a game. And sometimes in the NFL, you know you lose you lose games to teams you have no business losing to. And you know, and this game will prove to me if 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 the Raiders are for real or if they're smoking mirrors. I think the Buccaneers are going to win this game. Todd Bowles and the defense did a phenomenal job shutting down Aaron Rodgers last Sunday. If they can shut down Big Bad Aaron Rodgers, it makes think they can't shut down Derek Carr. And I'll leave it at that. But with the Buccaneers and the Raiders, um, the Seahawks and Arizona Cardinals. Arizona had a, you know, I get it. Dallas is pathetic, and Dallas is is putrid to watch. They had a great performance on Monday night, primetime stage. DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, the whole the whole the whole crew was involved in their win on Monday night. Seahawks coming off of a bye, the the game before their bye, the Sunday night back to back Sunday night games for Seattle. I mean, only Russell Wilson and Seahawks gets us, you know, back to back Sunday night games with a bye week in between. Um, their first divisional game of the season, uh, Seattle Cardinals played their first division divisional game of the season, first game of the season on the road against San Francisco. This is Seattle's first divisional matchup of the season. They are undefeated. Seattle, along with uh, Pittsburgh and Tennessee, are the only undefeated. I believe that's. Let me make sure I double check that. But Seattle coming into this game undefeated. The forty, or excuse me, the Cardinals looking to knock them off their undefeated pedestal, um, and I, I think, I think they'll try. I think they'll do the best they can. That Seattle defense stinks, and they and the high flying offense with Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins, and of course the great Larry Fitzgerald will give that defense fits all night long. But the bottom line. When it comes head to head, who do you who do you think's going to win the game with the chips in the middle of the table? Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray? You're going to take, of course, Russell Wilson, who's done it all season, and I expect my brother to have another heart attack on Sunday night watching uh, the Seahawks. Uh, I, I believe they are the only undefeated team in the NFC, and that is correct. So, so by the end of Sunday, we could have. We could have two undefeated teams, one undefeated team left heading into week eight, or zero undefeated teams. You got two undefeated teams facing off between Pittsburgh and Tennessee, and then of course Seattle, the only undefeated team, and by default the best team in the NFC facing against uh, Arizona on Sunday night. 
But there you have it with Arizona and Seattle. I think bottom line is Russell Wilson or Kyler Murray, two-minute drill game winning drive for your life. You take Russell Wilson. Um, switch. Having said all of that, that's your Week 7 preview. And it is time for your Week 7 picks in the National Football League. You know how I do it each and every weekend episode of your favorite sports talk podcast. Been doing it for the last three football seasons and counting this one. Week 7 in the National Football League. In the league where they play for pay. The Cleveland Browns going up against the Cincinnati Bengals. Cleveland Browns got their behinds kicked absolutely terrible by Pittsburgh last week. Cincinnati, I don't even want to talk about it. Just go see my rant on the show, Instagram, and Twitter page. I mean, what an absolute joke. I I expect the Bengals to get their asses kicked something terrible in the jungle. I will take the Cleveland Browns to bounce back 35-24. to 24. Dallas and Washington. Dallas coming off of a Monday night massacre against the Cardinals at home. Coming to Washington for the first time this season. Washington coming off of a uh, coming off of a loss of their own against the Giants last week. I will take the Dallas Cowboys to win this game by field goal, 24-21. The Detroit Tigers going up against Detroit Tigers. Detroit Lions going up against. The Atlanta Falcons, I will take the Detroit Lions to beat the Atlanta Falcons, or excuse me, the Falcons to beat the Detroit Lions 28-21. to The Panthers and the, oh, I should read you the spreads, by the way. Cleveland's favorite minus 3.5, Dallas is favored by a point, Atlanta's favorite minus 2.5, the Saints are favored minus seven and a half against the Panthers. I will take the Saints to win that game twenty or excuse me, thirty-five twenty-one. Buffalo's favorite minus thirteen against the hapless Jets. Will the Jets will continue to stay hapless and the Buffalo Bills will get back on their winning ways after dropping two straight? And I will take the Buffalo Bills to defeat the New York Jets by the final score of thirty-five to ten. Green Bay favored minus three and a half against Houston, which I think is a is a, they should be fav, they should be favored by thirteen points. Them and Buffalo. I mean, I, I would not want to play Aaron Rodgers with that sorry team that is the Houston Texans. I understand they got rid of Bill O'Brien, but that team is is not good it's not as good as uh Texas teams a year's past. And I don't and I would want to play a pissed off Aaron Rodgers. I don't care I don't care if we're playing in Lambeau, Houston, or on the moon. Aaron Rodgers is going to have himself an absolute field day, in my honest opinion, and will defeat Houston 40-17. to Pittsburgh's favorite, minus two against Tennessee. I broke down that game for you. I think Tennessee is going to squeeze it out in a tight matchup. I will take the Tennessee Titans to beat the Pittsburgh Steelers and remain the only undefeated team in the AFC when the night is over. At the final score of 26 to 23. Speaking of undefeated, undefeated 5 0 Seattle going up against Arizona. Seattle's favorite minus 3.5. I will pick the Seattle Seahawks to win that game and to stay undefeated as the only, only undefeated team in the NFC will live to see another week undefeated 34 28. 49ers. And the Patriots, Patriots' favorite minus two and a half. This is the game the Patriots have to win. I'll take the Patriots to, and Cam Newton to win, 27 to 24. Kansas City favorite minus nine and a half against Denver. I expect Kansas City to get the job done and win the game, 31-17. Jacksonville against Chargers. Chargers coming off of a bye week where they lost a heartbreaker to the Saints a couple Monday nights ago. Jacksonville. And they're just Jacksonville. I will take the Chargers to win this game. Favored minus eight, minus eight points, 31-21. Tampa Bay is favored minus three against Las Vegas Rams. Favored by a field goal. I'll take Tampa to win this game, 28-21. And the Monday night game, Chicago versus the Rams. Bears 
took care of business last took care of business last week against uh, against Jacksonville Rams my favorite minus five and a half lost the Sunday night game against their division rival 49ers I will take Nick Foles and the Bears to win this game at SoFi Stadium making this Monday night football debut and I will take Chicago to win this game 24 to 17 and those are your week seven picks in the league where they play for pay. Typically, when I give you the picks, that means the end of the program, but not so fast. I got NBA news and notes to get to to close out the show. Be back with the Amatelica TAS podcast right after this. TIS podcast. Last item of business to get to before we say goodbye, and that is, and that is the uh, the National Basketball Association, um, and that is the National Basketball Association as far as that is concerned. Um, switching gears to that, which is something we have not talked about since LeBron. And uh, LeBron and the Lake Show took care of business against the uh, against the Miami Heat on uh, a couple Sundays back, clinching the NBA championship. Um, we got some coaching news to get to, uh, and two big coaches, and of course the Pacers uh, hired a coach as well. But the two big coaches, and then I'll and then I'll talk about. Um, uh, as far as when the next NBA season, because new, news about that has broken within the last couple of days. Um, Ty Lue, new head coach of the L.A. Clippers after Doc Rivers said goodbye. Um, he is the new head coach of the L.A. Clippers, Doc Rivers' assistant, of course. Um, and the money, or not the money, but the but the longevity of that deal is five years to be the Clippers' next head coach. But in reality, you know, and I know that uh, if the Laker, if the Clippers don't get it done in twenty twenty one or twenty twenty two, you know, with, give, I'm, they'll give him two seasons to uh, to get his feet wet with the team and to you know and to at least make it to the conference finals for crying out loud, something that this franchise has not done in this long history. So they, you know, the expectation at least at this point is to make the uh, conference finals, at least to make the conference finals. And if they can do that, you know, give them a, you know, they lose to uh, Golden State, who should, who is one of the top favorites to win the NBA championship in 2021, lose a Golden State, or God forbid, and this will make Steve Ballmer and Laker, or excuse me, and other Clipper fans, uh, uh, LA, Orange County, all across California, and if not the entire United States, if there's any Clippers outside of the state of California, will make them vomit if they lose to the Lakers, in a, uh, especially if we're blessed enough to get fans in the building come, uh, come, this, come next summer. And they, that will drive the Laker fan, ab- or excuse me, drive the Clipper fan absolutely nuts if they if they spit the bit to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. But at least at least they got to get there, and they and a, and uh, and Clipper management feels that that uh, that Ty Lue can at least get them to the Western Conference Finals. Now I get it; he's only you know coached under LeBron, but. You know, and 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 indirectly, LeBron is is sort of like the head guy because he has that much power, that much influence, and he's that great of a basketball player. 
but at the same time, you also have to keep in mind, you know, you, not every not every coach can coach, you know, Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. So, granted, and and he's and he's the only coach in the history of the league to bring a team back from three one down in the NBA Finals and to win the whole thing. So, uh, so keep that in mind. As so keep that in mind as well. I mean, now I understand, you know, LeBron James is sitting there, so you know, in theory, anyone could do it. But but it, it it's it's uh, you know you have a with at least with me you have a little bit of cachet knowing that granted I had the greatest player of the greatest player of this generation I you know I on my team and not to mention uh, uh one of the best. Robins, this game has ever seen in Kyrie Irving, you know, who made who made that game winning three in that game seven. Granted, all that being considered, but you know, considering that I have on my resume only coach in the history in the history of the National Basketball Association down three one in the NBA Finals to come back and win the whole thing, that's uh, that's something that you carry with you for the rest of for the rest of your career in NBA. Uh, an NBA coaching, which is a badge of honor that Ty Lue should proudfully and rightfully so carry for the rest of his career. And considering this is a team that blew a 3-1 deficit to the Denver Nuggets uh, in the in the Western Conference semifinals, uh, Steve Ballmer and, and uh, Clipper management thought, what better, what better guy to, you know, when it's 3-1, or if we're down 3-1, if it's 3-1, we have a chance to clinch it, what better guy than Ty Lue? Who has NBA coaching experience and was Doc Rivers' uh, uh, um, assistant uh, the last couple of seasons? So to get that out the way, second coach out the way, Stan Van Gundy will now be the man that Zion has to answer to for the next four years. Um, he's of course he's been he's been around the league a little bit. Ex Pistons coach takes a job the Pelicans. Pelicans looking to make the playoffs. Pelicans looking to make the playoffs. Alvin Gentry, of course, went 175 and 225 and five season with the Pelicans, looking for a new voice in there, um, looking to to get the Pelicans and Zion to the playoffs and to be a competitive adversary in that Western Conference, which, of course, you're going to have the three favorites with Golden State, Lakers, and uh, Golden State, the Lakers, and the Clippers, of course. The Pelicans are looking to be that little brother to wreck some havoc in the uh, in the Western Conference, and you know if they have to play one of those three see one of those three teams in a playoff series, you know wreak some havoc in the Western Conference playoffs and be a competitive, watchable basketball team that makes it into the playoffs as a seven or an eight seed. And then just to make sure that Zion is on his path to greatness, that's Stan Van Gundy and his uh, and his deal with the New Orleans Pelicans. Last order of business to get to, and that is the NBA season, which we thought, which we thought would, uh, which we thought would begin, you know, no sooner than uh, than the beginning of the new year in 2021, um, but. But, you know, it looks like that the NBA is trying to shoot for, you know, because the Christmas, the Christmas in the NBA is what Thanksgiving is to NFL football. So, and, and the NBA, and, and there's going to be an NFL game for Christmas. It's just so that the NFL, they, they, they do not care, you know. They're the big bad NFL, and they care less who stands in their way. But, uh, but you know, and the NBA, I know, would, the NBA would be just oh would 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 it it kill them if they were to lose if they were to lose Thanksgiving Day with those games and showcasing their superstars on Christmas Day whether it be no fans but they they oh they 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 would just it'd be a punch to the gut if they if they couldn't at least start the season prior to Christmas and it looks like that they're trying to do that with rumors of the NBA season nothing set in stone yet but rumors of the NBA season talk and just talking and just throwing the idea out there of starting December 22nd which if I go on my calendar December 22nd would is a Tuesday, so of course they wouldn't. You know they'd get killed starting. You know starting the season up against Monday Night Football, and the Monday Night Football on December twenty first 
I believe is a good matchup. Then it's probably Steelers and Bengals, but uh, but they uh, of course ESPN of course has Monday has of course they got Monday Night Football so and they don't want to send and they of course they don't want the NBA season to start when they want all eyes on. Bengals and Steelers week week fifteen. Uh, the Steelers will be well. Steelers will be one of the best teams in the NFL, meeting for a playoff spot. And of course, they want to show you the number one overall pick, Joe Burrow. So they want to. So of course, they told the NBA to steer clear of that Monday night because they got because they got the Monday night game and they want all eyes on that Monday night game on that Monday and of course recap in the week 15 that was the previous Sunday on the 20th so start the 22nd and then Christmas day will be the first Friday of this of the new season and there'll be what one two three four days into the new season so they want that Christmas holiday so bad and you know who can blame them I mean that's that's like you know for a lot of people that's when they you know start paying attention to NBA basketball because you know but, you know, I'm not talking about the diehards that have nothing. You know, you know, you know. October, October 18th, you got the league championship series in baseball, college, and NFL football, and it's like, oh, NBA season start. Not unless you're one of those people, you know, that lives and breathes NBA basketball. That you know, that's you know, when when all the other more important and more popular uh, things in sports are going on, that are sitting down watching, you know. Uh, Hawks and uh, Hawks and uh, Charlotte Hornets, middle of October. Unless you're one of those, unless you're one of those people that you know that ha- you know, unless you're one of those NBA groupies, you know, a lot, most of America, the, the you know, the sports fan that's a fan of all the other sports, not just the NBA, they get into the NBA basketball once Christmas time comes around, and that and that Christmas day essentially is like the fans, quote unquote second opening day to NBA to uh, NBA basketball gets them in the mood you know the college the college is essentially on what like a is like on a two three week hiatus for all the bowl games baseball season's long over with looking for some you know the the uh you know the the fall TV now it won't be the case this year of course because a lot of the fall TV is the de- is debuting in November because of of course with covid but traditionally in past years you you the TV you know the fall TV programming is on their little holiday break typically that that week before week of Christmas they take their break until the new year comes around so there's nothing so you know outside of Thursday night football which by that time will be just about over anyway and of course Monday night football's winding down so you don't have much to watch during the week you get into the NBA around Christmas time, and then you work your way into NBA basketball. As soon as the new year comes around, college football is over, so you only you got playoff NFL football, NBA, and then it basically you carry your way throughout the sports calendar on from uh, on from there. But but they're in talks of starting the season on December twenty second, which would be a Tuesday, and I wouldn't shut. And I uh, if they started December twenty second cool with me the only issue is that you give lebron essential lebron and all the members of the la lakers and the heat for that matter essentially a two-month break and then you know, then you start a new season you got cramming free agency and the draft and all that sort of stuff so if i'm the nba and i and if i'm the nba i look at it i say look we're not I look at it like this. Look, we're not the chances of us having fans to begin the season in our NBA arenas is slim to none because this virus with the third wave and it's been handled poorly and I, so and then of course, you know, you get the new president in there. President new president won't be inaugurated till the middle of January anyway, and it'll take some time for you know, for to get the virus under control to the point you know, we can, you know, let our guard down with the whole coat and then if a vaccine it's just a lengthy, lengthy process. So and the chances of them having having you know unless they want to pull what the NFL does and have the fans socially distance in the arena. But the problem is, you know, if you if they wanna they want people to avoid large gatherings, 
but it helps if you're outside and which is the which is why you've seen in the World Series uh, outside of last night where where the temperature where it was a bad weather day down in Texas it was rainy and the temperatures were in the 50s yesterday but for the majority of the time of the postseason down in that new stadium down in Arlington they've had the roof open so you know for the COVID, you know for covid protocols so you can have the air circulating in and out the building and not essentially having it having that covid air you know circling around the building and not having a chance to get out because it's an indoor facility nba arenas you're going to have that issue too you know because they don't you know nba they play in arenas they don't play in outdoor stadiums so that air doesn't have a chance to escape the building it's just it's just being recirculated throughout the air system within the arena and everything else so so uh you know unless they want to do that which I don't think they want to do I think they want to have fans in regularly no masks on top of each other 20,000 people in the 20 15,000 people in the arena who can blame them you know I don't you know it's great that we can have fans in you know fans you know on Sunday during football games but who wants to who wants to be distance and who wants to wear a mask you know even though you have to who want who wants to do that and you know and and it takes something away from the whole fan experience not being able to tailgate and all that sort of things but you know, it'll be, you know, they're giving the two teams that played in their finals, which is going to be, a, a, at least in my eyes, a competitive disadvantage, having essentially two months of an off season, and then having to jump into an NBA season and then rushing the team's front offices to get to put a team together with the draft and preseason making cuts. And it's just, ugh. if I'm the NBA, take your time. You don't have to rush it. If you start if you start January, if you start beginning middle of January, it's no rush. You have a what a, a six seven month season. As long as you as long as your playoffs aren't going up against NFL football in the fall, you're fine. If the NBA champ, if the NBA champion is if the 2021 NBA champion is crowned on October or excuse me is crowned August 30th will be they'll 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 live you know go though going out if they if if their only competition on august in august is preseason nfl football which you know which isn't essentially a, a big ratings generator anyway and and mlb baseball that they'll be all right you know as long if as if they don't if i put it to you like this if if game Five of the NBA game five, game six, the NBA finals isn't going up against. Uh, uh, I'll throw a phony matchup. Isn't going up against Seahawks and uh, isn't going up against Seahawks and Chiefs. I just thought that you know I'm making up on if they're not going if their NBA finals isn't going up against a good Sunday night football game in in late September, early October, they'll be fine. Start. Start beginning middle of January, no all-star game, no all-star break, run straight through, crown your champion in mid-late, you know, start your playoffs in in, in late June, early July, have your playoffs in July, crown your champion in August, stay away from the fall, stay away from football, you'll be all right. That's my advice to the NBA. That's my advice to the National Basketball Association. But that is your episode for the Amatelica TIS podcast. Hope you enjoyed it. If you're new to the program, be sure to subscribe on your favorite uh, platforms wherever you get your podcasts Apple, Spotify, Anchor, The Works. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatel under, underscore podcast on Instagram and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it. Like, Amatel it like it under. I'm a tell underscore it T I is on Twitter and Instagram. There you go for that. Um, follow your boy on Twitter at the Twitter and Instagram at the J shield. Again, the show on Instagram at I'm a tell it underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at I'm a tell underscore it T I is your boy on, on the socials at the J shield. Enjoy week seven in the national football league, everybody in the world series. I'll talk to you Wednesday. Y'all take care.